0: Hello, and welcome to My Black Mental Health. I'm your host, Ty Dyer, a second-year counselor in training at Florida International University. I'm currently studying to get my master's in clinical mental health. Please join me today for a mental health talk.
1: again, I'm Sonia Malcolm. I'm a licensed professional counselor in New Jersey. And please follow me at black mental health talk on Instagram. And I look forward to hearing some comments on my on my posts and and connecting with you. Good morning,
0: Sonia. Good morning. I wanted to start by asking you a little bit about yourself. Can you tell me about your current career, the population you work with and some of the goals that you have and completed?
1: Okay. Well, I'm a licensed professional counselor and an approved clinical supervisor. So uh, that means I'm basically a licensed psychotherapist. Um, I have over 10 years of experience in the field. Um, I'm currently practicing um, psychotherapy online as an independent contractor for um, an online platform. And I work with adults, mainly focusing on anxiety, depression, work-related issues, and relationship issues. And I tend to use CBT, DBT, uh, Mm. systems-based and narrative approaches. And um, prior to working online, I was um, recently working as a clinical supervisor in a behavioral health program. So I also have experience serving people who are struggling with severe and persistent mental illness. Okay, that sounds really cool.
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> How have you grown in the field? How have I grown in the field in terms of, um, you know, personally or professionally? Both. Um, you know, I think I've grown the most by continuing to further my education and further my training. Um, I have taken you know, numerous courses outside of graduate school. I've received um, a marriage and family therapy certification. Um, I've done all kinds of things outside of graduate school to continue growing. And I've also continued with uh, supervision and consultation outside of graduate school, even as a professional, because I think it's very important to always continue learning and growing. of course lifelong learners we can't stop (laughs) no definitely
0: there are seeds for almost everything out there in the world and specialties (laughs) trust me I I've been looking into a few of them like I was telling you um through email email that I really wanted to go into distance counseling and Mm -hmm. I didn't share but I wanted to get my certification in marriage and family as well as another master's and get my doctorates as well (laughs) so I completely understand we kind of are always learning, but that's yeah. kind of what we need to do to stay up to date and give the best you know, counseling to our clients.
1: Yes, absolutely. So
0: moving on to the first question, what made you interested in the field
1: and all of your areas of focus? Well, um, just getting into psychology, um, it, I've always loved it from undergrad, um, from my first Psycho into one class, Like, this is it for me. (laughs) I love psychology. Um, I was exposed at that point for the first time Mm -hmm. to African American psychologists and therapists. So I went to a historically Black college, um, Hampton University. And so it was wonderful just being able to be around so many um, Black therapists and and psychologists, doctors Mm -hmm. that were um, teaching me, and I learned so much. And so that really kind of got me started in the field. Mm -hmm. Um, And then From there, I mean, just as as a Black woman in this field, I've felt this strong pull, this desire to begin reducing stigma around mental health issues in our community, as well as uh, the need to just increase mental health services. So I created my Instagram page, Black Mental Health Talk, to support and encourage these conversations, as well as to increase awareness around mental health issues. And you know, it's still in its early phases, but the overall goal is really to normalize the prioritization of mental health care in our community, and to increase comfort in, in our people considering attending therapy, yeah. um, and to support Black therapists in their work as well. Yes, exactly. When
0: I followed you, I was like, "This is literally what I'm trying to do." <laughs> I've noticed from my own personal experiences, just going off to undergrad and even transitioning into adult world, yeah. I've have had not one instance of where I had a black therapist or even yes. now being at FIU, I actually have had the pleasure of having one black um, professor. But outside of that, I, I haven't. And I see that in my own community that we don't talk about mental health and we do right. have a stigma. There's some shame around it. People yes. don't want to go get therapy because they're embarrassed. They feel that, that they shouldn't have these problems or that being depressed is a bad thing or even having anxiety is a bad thing or that it honestly doesn't exist yes. for us. And I wanted to shed light on it because I see this around me and my friends, my family, that it does exist. <laughs> anxiety is real. It is. Oh, absolutely. Persistent. And sometimes it shows itself in ways that you wouldn't even understand. Like so in one of my um, episodes, I talk about how it shows itself in physical symptoms that oh, absolutely. body aches or yes. the heart beating or your palms sweating and people don't usually associate that with anxiety or even depression they just kind of think oh well no I'm tired or yes. oh it's hot today or something like that but yeah so a lot of the times we don't we don't take work stress seriously so I kind of wanted to talk about that and figure out how we can be a service to our community in that way absolutely. so in your experience um have you had any instances of workplace struggle
1: related to race being a counselor? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think that, do you mean more myself or the clients that I work with? More yourself. Um, I believe I have another question about the clients you work with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yes, I've absolutely uh, experienced stress related to being actually the only african-american person in the agency in the setting that i was working in Mm -hmm. actually for the majority of my career that's been the the situation yes um i've worked in predominantly um white environments um it is it can be challenging um i just to kind of socially locate myself i am African-American woman, and I was also younger than some of the um, people I was working with and supervising. And so I I experienced a lot. I've experienced feeling um, microaggressions. I've experienced um, being accused of things. I've experienced having my credentials questioned, my experience questioned, um, or discounted. And so those have been some significant challenges and they can cause a lot of stress. How did you handle that stress? How did I handle the stress of it? Well, um, it's very important for me to stay connected to people that I care about and people that I can really be open with and share Mm -hmm. with. Um So I definitely made sure that I reached out to family, uh, to friends that would understand I have um, close friends in the field mm-hmm. that also really understand and that I could um, I could really share what was going on um, with those people. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I find it very helpful to um, take time to pray to. Just spend some time, um, you know, with God. That helps me mm-hmm. to really stay focused. Um, the other thing that I found helpful is that even in a predominantly white environment, that doesn't mean that everyone is bad. You know, sometimes yes. people hear that and they think, oh, so that means everyone, you know, is against you, and that that wasn't yeah. the case at all. Um, I was actually able to find some allies there in that setting, and so having people there that I could connect with people that did understand and that did want to further anti-racist ideology and practices was extremely helpful for me.
0: Honestly, this is something I think about a lot because I I live in Miami, so it's not necessarily predominantly white, it's more Hispanic, but it's kind of the same in the sense where I don't know where I'm going to fit in so once I start getting into my counseling journey, I was starting to think about this a lot. Um, I had to pick practicum sites coming yeah. up this semester. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of nervous about it because there aren't that many options for you know, working with my population. So I was just kind of like, oh my gosh, I don't want to
1: yeah. overstep
0: or I don't want to go into a, a site that might not take me on as seriously. Yes. So you saying like them c- questioning your cr- credentials because of either your age at the time or because of your race is something that I really really am like wanting to know more about because I actually look like I'm 12 so (laughs) I actually was telling that one (laughs) professor that I was like I don't know what I'm going to do if I have an older client and they're like are you sure you're able to do this do you have the knowledge are you competent and I just I was
1: kind of wondering like how do I even feel that question like what would you suggest Oh, it's so challenging. You know, I had a similar experience because there are communities in my state that are predominantly uh, Latinx. Mm -hmm. And so I actually had a wonderful experience where I was placed in that population, working with families, providing family therapy, but I also worked directly with a woman who uh, interpreted the therapy sessions oh, for me okay. in Spanish because I'm not fluent in Spanish. So that was a wonderful experience. However, there were situations that were extremely uncomfortable. You know, I've had parents come in and say, How are you going to help me? You look like you're my daughter's age. How are you supposed <laughs> to help us? That is my <laughs> biggest fear. <laughs> my yes. professor is kind of
0: just like, Just tell them it's your genes, you know, like, <laughs> just tell them you're just really you know, fortunate to look young or something like that. And I was like, I yeah. don't know if that will go over well, but yeah. you
1: know, I would just assure people that I would say thank you. Cause it's a compliment. Thank you for saying that. I look so young. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I'm very well trained and I have, you know, these degrees and this is, you know, yeah. where I am. And you have to make a decision as to how much you want to, um, kind of justify yourself <laughs> yes. in the moment because you don't really want to sound defensive but it is important to um, kind of understand what the client's fears are. It's not necessarily so much that you're so young. what they're really saying is can you really help me? Mm-hmm. I'm here and I am going to be vulnerable. I'm going to share all of this information with you. I'm going to share about my family, which is a very private thing. there's shame involved and I want to know, are you going to be able to help me? Is really what they're asking, and so if you're answering that question, yeah. sometimes you can answer that question without, you know, going into well, I went to this school and I have this degree and I took yeah. this I had this professor. <laughs> like, nope, you know, yeah. I'm just trying to fill
0: that out. But yes, yes. of course, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, let's see. what is your biggest struggle to date working in, you know, the community working as a psycho uh, counselor?
1: Okay, my biggest struggle to date. Um, I'd have to say that it has to be experiencing discrimination at work, being discounted, underestimated, and minimized. You know, those things take a lot of energy to work through. Um, And so I think it's just very important to have a really solid support system in place uh, to get through those things. And I think those experiences are common to um, a lot of people of color and you know dealing with it day in and day out uh, can be so challenging because you're at work more than you're with anyone else in your life that you care about yes so that tends to be um, the majority experience that you have throughout the week and it can be really challenging so you really have to have a strong support system Definitely. Yeah. Um, what would you say are some common mental health
0: problems that are caused by stress
1: at work? Absolutely, anxiety, what we touched on before. You know, it feels like sometimes it just feels like, oh, I'm just stressed and just overwhelmed. But a lot of times that can come with anxiety. Um, a lot of people experience depression as well, um, low self esteem, low self worth. Um, imposter syndrome can come up for a lot of people all of those things can can be caused or exacerbated by uh, workplace stress would you like to elaborate a little bit more on imposter syndrome imposter syndrome Uh, imposter syndrome is so common among people of color and especially minority groups but it really has to do with an inability to um, accept that you belong where you are Mm-hmm. And that you have, um, that you deserve to be there. So, so discounting your worth a little bit. Y- yes, absolutely. Discounting your worth, discounting your accomplishments, your achievements, and sometimes feeling as though you just happen to make it to where you are. I just mm-hmm. happen to be chosen to be in this college. Somehow, by some stroke of luck, I got this wonderful job that I have. Somehow, I don't know how I got here, but I'm a supervisor now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so you're, really not, you're not attributing any of those successes to mm-hmm. your own accomplishments, but rather some stroke of luck. And it leaves you feeling as though as though someone is going to find out at some point that you really don't belong yeah. you know, or that you're an imposter, that you're, you're here and you shouldn't be and so it causes a lot of stress and anxiety and because you're always waiting for that wondering yeah. you know, yes.
0: Yes. always wondering if this is where i'm really supposed to be or if i should yes. switch jobs right. or you right. know switch positions i've okay. definitely seen that in um my current job hmm. i feel that a lot when there's not a lot of um black or even minority groups in miami <laughs> to begin with it's a, it's very Latinx, very hispanic culture so I do work at a place where most of the people that come to seek services are Hispanic so I've seen a lot of the black people feel insecure because we don't know how to communicate with the people that we're trying to give service with and then a lot of the times they do get kind of frustrated because we can't communicate and then they don't even want to get help from us anymore yes so I've seen it be a struggle for some and some actually have left the company because of it
1: Oh, that's too bad.
0: I know. What would you suggest are some ways to go about that to combat this syndrome or to feel that you actually belong?
1: Yeah. It's so important that we take stock of what our accomplishments, our achievements, our abilities actually are. What are the things that actually got us here? What degrees do we have? What experiences, trainings? Who's who has trained us? You know, what have we learned? what how hard have we worked to get to where we are today at to this point in our lives. And if you're struggling to really integrate that into mm-hmm. your idea of who you are, make a list. Write it down. You know, carry it with you. You know, what are what are my accomplishments? Take a look back at your resume mm-hmm. if you've been in grad school, take a look back at your curriculum, Vita, you know, look through all of those accomplishments that you have and Remind yourself on a regular basis. This is why I'm here. When you start to question, if anyone else questions you, mm-hmm. you know, remind yourself of this things. You do belong. You know, you are supposed to be in that space. And by you being in that space, you're making space for the next person would exactly. like you to be there as well.
0: Exactly. I feel like that's the best way to go about it too. Especially with making lists or even journaling how you feel. I yeah. feel that that will put it into perspective for you.
1: I agree. Absolutely. So-
0: in working with clients dealing with mental concerns related to workplace stress, would you say it is common that companies understand how to create a safe work
1: environment? Okay. Um, so, I'm not sure that it's so common that companies understand that they need to create a psychologically safe environment. However, mm-hmm. the more they understand that the healthier their employees are, then the more productive their employees will be, I think the better off everyone is. I think employers are just now starting to play catch up in some ways. Some employers are are really um, working hard to create um, a wellness-centered environment in Mm -hmm. the workplace. Um, But there are others that really are just not there yet. And and it can be really challenging because of the demands that they're placing on employees that just are very detrimental to mental health and wellness and work-life balance. Um, But I think I think it was Richard Branson that made um, made a comment or a statement that basically said that uh, if that the most valuable asset that companies have is not their clients or consumers, mm-hmm. but it's their employees. And if you invest in your employees and you invest in making sure that they feel that they're taken care of, of course I'm. Um, Not saying it exactly the way he said it. Yeah, (laughs) paraphrasing. Um, But if you if you invest in your employees, you take care of your employees, then your employees will make sure that they're taking care of their consumers, their clients, and so it all works out in the end in that way. Of course, you can't expect you know them to be
0: pouring from an empty cup, basically. Exactly. Absolutely. And I think a lot of companies don't realize because I feel like right now everyone's kind of pushing for this like. movement of like how do i say this like basically they want their companies to grow and the only way that they understand to make it grow is to consistently work and they push their employees to consistently work to generate more consumers to generate more money it's kind of a backward cycle i feel that if we could get maybe psychologists or even counselors just in the workplace to help with that dynamic that would be a little bit better because we do play it off as just, oh, stress. You go home, you have you know your eight hours, and then you come back and you should be refreshed. Yes. You're able to take on this new workload, but a lot of the times that eight hours isn't enough. Yeah, absolutely. Could you absolutely. describe um, the difference between a healthy work environment and one that is toxic?
1: A healthy work environment and a toxic work environment, absolutely, um, and it's important to really know the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, A healthy work environment tends to uh, be a place where employees receive recognition for their work, they feel fairly compensated for their work, there's clear communication up and down the chain, the hierarchical structure, Uh, there's trust between the employer and the employees, Um, wellness is promoted. Those are all very important things um, in a healthy work environment. In a toxic work environment, on the other hand, uh, you might find that there are a lot of clicks amongst employees, that there's a lot of complaining, a lot of gossipy coworkers um, that create kind of a negative atmosphere, but also that management tends to be, maybe your boss is very narcissistic, um, tends to be all about them, there might be a lack of transparency and communication about objectives and expectations mm-hmm. inconsistent rules that apply maybe to employees don't apply to the managers um mm, i and have seen that the, a couple of times
0: yes employment. and yes. i actually would have wrote it off as because they are the manager they are allowed to do certain things i wouldn't have necessarily thought of it as like
1: an imbalance in work you know it can be because employees are able to see what their bosses are doing mm-hmm. and when they feel as though it's not fair, then it really in fact affects your motivation to be there and to work to the best of your ability.
0: Mm-hmm. I can see that, definitely,
1: yeah. because
0: um, a lot of the times it's really the cell phone rule that I've seen a lot of the time <laughs> in my employment It's yeah. that, you know, we can't be on our phones because you don't want to give a bad look, but right. then you're at your desk or you're at, you know, on lunch and you see your managers or your supervisors on their phones in front of the customers or in the clients. And we're just kind of wondering like, hmm, why are you allowed to be on your phone? Because it's Mm -hmm. the same kind of um, appearances you're giving off that I would give off. Yes. Especially because a lot of the times um, (laughs) clients, they don't know the difference between us. If you're a manager or if you're just, you know, an employee, they just see that you work here and yes. you're on your phone.
1: That's so true. That's so true. And it's just not respectful of anyone, you know, to have that behavior. You can be in meetings and if someone is on their phone during a meeting, you're looking at them like are you even paying attention? <laughs> What's yes, going on and
0: here? I've actually seen it in meetings too, and I kind of write it off as oh maybe they're doing something important, but the meeting is also important. So yes, it's kind of like how do you balance that, you know? Yes. Um, I would say that um, I feel that I don't feel that they should be all on the same level because obviously your management and policies should apply where you see fit. So how would you go about a client that feels that their management is allowed to get away with a lot of things while they're not and that is causing an issue with them and their performance at work?
1: Yeah I mean there is a level of you know, you get certain perks when you are in management. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. There are things that you can do and even have to do as a manager and you're a lot more is expected of you. And so there is going to be, um, a sense that maybe I need to take more time off because maybe I'm on call Mm -hmm. more often. And so I'm putting in more time at another, um, time in the week, and you think I'm just taking more time off. But maybe maybe employees aren't always aware of the things that management is putting in. I think it becomes a problem when there is inconsistency in the way that employees are treated. Mm-hmm. Maybe um, someone is allowed to come in late all the time when you're reprimanded for being late, or they're allowed to leave early, and you're never allowed to leave early or you're given a hard time just to go to a doctor's appointment or something like yes. that I think that's when you know you notice those inconsistencies that it becomes more of an issue yes I've yeah. seen that as well
0: yeah I know I just feel that um certain people get seniority like mm-hmm. they've been in the company so long that they come in a little bit late and it's like oh no but you know so and so always does that but now you're the new employee. So you want to have a good reputation. So you don't want to fall to victim to those things, but you do notice that they do get away with it. So
1: that's not fair. And that really starts to wear on, on people mm -hmm. and on new employees. And it causes them to start to feel negatively about their job when that just doesn't necessarily have to happen. Just treat everyone the same. Definitely.
0: Yeah. Would you recommend um,
1: disclosing mental health issues at the workplace Hmm. i think it really depends on what the mental health issue is and if it interferes with your ability to perform your job Mm -hmm. I, i don't necessarily think it's necessary to disclose you know, everything. Um, I don't know that we disclose if we have high blood pressure to our employers. (laughs) Definitely not. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because it doesn't necessarily affect our work. But if there's some, if there's some aspect of your mental illness that is affecting your ability to work, then it can be important to disclose it. And if you do disclose it, Mm -hmm. I would suggest that you not just tell your best coworker friend (laughs) about it (laughs) um, or even necessarily just your manager, but it's important to really go to HR and make sure that it's documented and that it is supported by your doctor because you want to make sure that your employer knows that you are now in a protected class under the Americans with Disabilities Act. So that's very important to um, yeah, I was to like, make sure that it doesn't just become rumor or yes. become, you know some sort of um, something for people to talk about behind your back but that this is really something that's taken seriously yes
0: that kind of yes. leads into my next question it was about um, involving the legal aspect of it but you kind of already touched on it yeah. so my next question was about bullying which kind of stems mm-hmm. from this as well so when you have disclosed and now there's kind of rumors and people kind of pick on you not necessarily like to your face, but mostly behind your back, what Mm -hmm. would you suggest people do in that situation? Do you go to your leader? Do
1: you directly involve in HR? Yeah. Um, Depending on the situation, because every situation has its own nuance, Mm -hmm. um, it's important if you have already disclosed to HR that you have this disability or, you know, and you're now in this protected class, you wanna make sure that you are documenting every instance of bullying mistreatment discrimination whatever is happening you want to make sure you're documenting it um even if you haven't gone to hr document 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 that's all i can i can't stress it enough and i suggest i mean it's it's not so difficult just send an email to yourself you know that way you already have the time and date stamp it's contemporaneous documentation that you can always use to support what your allegations are, what you're saying has been happening. And oftentimes, you know, we even forget that other things happen, but they build up and inside it feels terrible. It feels like this huge thing is happening to us, but we can only remember maybe the last thing that someone did that really um, was upsetting, but there's been a whole string and a whole pattern of behavior. And you really want to be able to support that. So I also think that there is a benefit to speaking up for yourself and to um, being direct and letting people know what behavior is not okay with you mm-hmm. and having strong boundaries with people at work and elsewhere in your life. It's it's healthy for you to be able to do that and not just lean on HR. If you feel that something is, is um, unfair, say it's unfair. If you think someone made a comment that is inappropriate say you know what that was really inappropriate or i found that to be offensive yeah you know and sometimes it's helpful sometimes that's where therapists come in because they can help give you the language to use go back and and have these conversations at work how would
0: you suggest um well not even suggest could you give examples of being either doing this in a passive aggressive way and, and versus doing it in an assertive way because i feel that um as a Black woman, when you come out and you're telling people about how you feel, a lot of the times they take it as us being aggressive or even passive aggressive, when in sense we're just trying to be assertive. Mm -hmm. And maybe sometimes we can't understand that we aren't being assertive, that we actually are being a little bit passive aggressive. So Mm -hmm. could you give like examples of the difference Mm
1: -hmm.
0: to standing up for yourself and being firm?
1: Yeah. Um, When you stand up for yourself and you're being firm, you're just stating what is happening and why it's not okay. So you might be using words such as what you just said was inappropriate, what you said was offensive, I feel harassed by you. Um, Use I statements. Um, you, You can say things like that. You don't want to yell at someone, you don't want to tell somebody off at work. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) because then it goes from professional very quick. (laughs) Very quickly. And even though you might feel like you want to tell somebody off at work, it's never Mm -hmm. in your best interest to do that. And you are are confirming some of the negative stereotypes when you behave that way. Um, So you want to always take a step back. If you find yourself becoming angry and you don't think that you can say things in a productive and professional way, don't say it, don't say it wait until you're feeling better you can even come back the next day and say you know what i was thinking about that um comment that you made yesterday and it really made me uncomfortable and here's why and you explain it to the person um, and so it's important to be able to do that it's an important skill to learn and oftentimes mm-hmm. when you're a younger professional you have to grow into that into yes. feeling comfortable doing those things and saying what needs to be said it can be difficult at first um, but take your time. There's always another opportunity. <laughs> mm-hmm. Unfortunately, <laughs> so, there might be. There's always another opportunity. Mm-hmm. So, but you will learn. You will learn how to stand up for yourself, um, and the things that you can say that are effective. When you just start off and you're kind of just shooting someone between the eyes with your words that doesn't ever tend to go over very well because all people hear is anger. They're not really hearing what you're saying and you want your message to get across, not your emotion. Definitely.
0: Um, See, I don't want to hold you too long. Do you have any resources to give um, younger black professionals struggling with these work related issues?
1: Hmm. You know, when the bit, the best resource I can suggest is to Um, really find a community that you connect with, that you can talk to about your experiences. So I found support from, and still find support from other Black professionals that I speak with about experiences that I'm going through, and I get so much support and affirmation from them. Um, So I would suggest, especially for young therapists, to join Mm -hmm. a supervision or consultation group to discuss these issues. But even if you're not in the therapy field you know find a black professional organization they exist for most fields yeah um, so definitely do that talk to your friends talk to your friends from school that are you know just starting their jobs and and really get support for what you're going through um, and then there's also if you don't have anyone that you really feel that you're able to connect with there are communities on supportive communities on social media that can be mm-hmm. helpful in navigating some of these sensitive issues. People, there are groups related to all different, um, all different employment backgrounds, all mm-hmm. different fields, I should say, um, that you can connect with and you can get support. You can ask questions, you know, what would you do in this situation? Have mm-hmm. ever experienced, you know, this issue? And you can get support. Um, and also there was a book that a supervisor uh, recommended to me when I was first starting out, it's called mm-hmm. Voices of Color. And it. yes, um, I don't have the author with me right now. I can get it if you want me to. Yeah, oh. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yes, I'll um, link it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but that book has accounts from therapists of mm-hmm. color and uh, their experiences. And it, just reading it is just so affirming. Um, and it just really helps to know that you're not alone, you're not the only one that's experienced this. And it gives you some ideas as to how you might want to deal with it.
0: Great.
1: Well, um, I invite
0: you to add to this topic if you want to discuss anything else related to work um, related issues and mental health or any of your other focuses before we end. Okay. Yes,
1: this is what I wanted to say. So, you know, one thing I was thinking about in terms of um, what people can do who are experiencing stress in the workplace Mm -hmm. um, and preventing it from causing problems such as anxiety and depression Mm -hmm. is I just wanted to stress the importance of taking care of ourselves.
0: It is so
1: important. And I wanted to really um, impress upon everyone that we really need to take the reins and do what needs to be done to make sure that we are taking care of our health by eating well, getting enough rest, exercising, Mm -hmm. um, but also that we are spending quality time with the people we love and enjoy being around uh, that we're continuing to engage in all the things that we enjoy doing whether it's reading whether it's you know binge watching our favorite tv show going to open gym basketball or you know traveling or cooking or whatever it is that you enjoy continue doing those things i can't stress how important that is And if you notice that you're really feeling sad or irritable or anxious, or if you're having difficulty sleeping, or if your relationships are suffering, Mm
0: -hmm. it's so important
1: to reach out to a licensed professional. Friends, family, um, people that care about you are amazing, but they have limits. And it comes to a point where you sometimes need to speak with someone that is licensed and does this for a living mm-hmm. that has knowledge and that has some some space and separation from the issue that you are are dealing with and so I would just encourage people to really explore therapy yes. because it can be so beneficial and, and helpful for people yeah, so, definitely. so that's what I wanted to say <laughs> definitely yes um actually
0: self-care is something that I really want to talk about on my podcast yes. because I don't think people understand that it's more than like the face masks or like right a bubble bath that they take it's something no. that needs to be deliberate it's something that recharges your batteries yes. that relaxes yes. you and brings you peace
1: yes and we it's kind okay. of mm-hmm. it's Staring. simple and a lot of because it's what you enjoy whatever exactly. that is you know what you enjoy the things that you like doing um maybe you enjoy I don't know, bike riding, you know, yes. but you just become so consumed with work. You haven't been on a bike ride in a long time.
0: Yeah. Relax. Sometimes you're okay. very drained and you're drained. you don't yeah. want to do all the things that you enjoy. Yeah. So then it turns into, um, instead of being self care, it turns into,
1: well, like, I'm just trying to get this over with. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to get through this week, yes. you know, so I can sleep through the weekend because I'm exhausted. No, exactly. don't sleep the weekend. Keep your same sleep schedule that you would normally keep throughout the week. Get up engage with your friends, have lunch with that friend that you haven't talked to, go, you know, to the books, get get a a novel to read or a book that you like to read, you know, do whatever it is that makes you feel good, makes you feel happy, get your nails done, get your hair cut, do whatever you need to do to take care of yourself. It doesn't have to be something fancy or expensive. It's just keeping up with what makes you feel good.
0: Yes, that's perfect. Yeah, exactly. Well, it was
1: nice having you on my podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it so much.
0: Please plug your your Instagram and your credentials again so people can know.
1: Yes. Well, again, I'm Sonia Malcolm. I'm a licensed professional counselor in New Jersey. And please follow me at Black Mental Health Talk on Instagram. And I look forward to hearing some comments on my on my posts and and connecting with you (laughs) please follow her it was
0: great speaking with you sonia thank
1: you it's been great speaking with you too ty thank you for having me of course it was my pleasure okay you take care you
0: take care too bye bye just remember that i am a guide to mental health and not a replacement to seeking professional help Join me every other Saturday for our mental health talks and follow me on IG at MyBlackMentalHealthPC. Love and light.